Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Last night, Brewers lose. Woody didn't have it in the fifth inning, and they fall. Here's the thing. Headed for two-thirds. Yeah, that's true. Woody, uh, I'm reading uh, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, how Woody's ERA ballooned last night to two from 2.18 to 2.48. Bum, bum, bum. Still sub-three ERA, Rowdy, right? I think that's pretty good. Get rid of him. Yeah, it's still really good, but uh, could that be a start that definitely takes him out of the Cy Young race? I mean, because he was fourth entering last night. Yeah, and there was not a ton of starts left remaining. Yes, um, I was. I'm glad you're right there because the way I wanted to, who is currently the front runner for the NL Cy Young Award, and there's no shortage of deserving candidates. Uh, it's going what uh, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, and then it was Brandon Woodruff. Right? Um, I forget who the fifth was. Freddie was it. F- was Freddie fifth? Was he all the way up there? Well, Freddie took a hit too. Probably in the top five now. Yeah. Well, Freddie Peralta for has, time being. Yeah, Freddie Peralta has shoulder inflammation. He's going on the ten day IL. He is going to be missing a start as he was hoping he wasn't after uh, Wednesday's game. Current currently, it's Burns second, Woodruff fourth, Peralta seventh. Is Hater still up there? Hater is yes, he's still up there. Okay, cool. I don't think Hater's going to be winning it, but he's he's up there. Uh, so I saw front page, CBSSports.com was uh, this right here, who's cur- currently the front runner for the NL Cy Young Award. And a lot of their talking heads, they go, for me, uh, this is one guy says, for me, it goes Zach Wheeler, then Corbin Burns. Uh, Corbin Burns has a better ERA and a superior strikeout-to-walk ratio, but Wheeler has thrown 40 additional innings and leads the NL in pitching wins above replacement war. He said, of course, Burns. Uh, deserves plenty of the credit, though, for what Brewers have been able to accomplish. Well, if you remember, Burns had to miss, what was it, two starts due to uh, COVID? Yeah, the Rona. Plus, he also plays for a manager that's not afraid of an early hook. <laughs> also true. That should go into account, right? That needs to be considered by the voters. Uh, one of the other they're talking heads, a guy named uh, Dan Perry, says this is a tough call, but he has Walker Bueller by a hair over Zach Wheeler. So no love for the Brewers there. And then Matt Schneider says, a ridiculously close race that will go around the wire, but he has Zach Wheeler. And then their last guy says, for him, it's between Walker Bueller and Zach Wheeler. They say Corbin Burns and Woodruff have been outstanding on a rate basis, but they lag in innings. Well, I also know that uh, you have Zach Wheeler, a guy that's thrown multiple complete games. And then you're looking at the fact that... If only Council was his manager. One of... One of the writers is talking about the fact that he's logged 40 more innings. Yeah. I know for sure he has at least two complete games, and that's two more than the three Brewers horses combined. <laughs> <laughs> They're the victim of the manager, right, Rowdy? Craig Council looks at you. Oh, you're doing good, but it's like you're sitting at like 60 pitches. Oh, no. See ya. We're going to have to put you down for the day, buddy. Oh, let's see here. This guy's talking about he's got Bueller over a hair by Wheeler. The innings are close, but Bueller right now leads the majors in ERA with good strikeout numbers and just three unearned runs allowed. As well, roughly half of his starts have come against the Giants, Padres, and Reds, which are all strong offenses or in Coors Field. Yeah, and you could argue 
coming from a Dodgers fan to start the season, you thought uh, Walker Buehler was going to be your third. Now, granted, that's a hell of a rotation. Yeah. But uh, that's just the Dodgers' riches. Yeah. How they, how's that going for your bet, by the way? I think they were on pace for 99 wins last I looked. 99. So thumbs up so far. Yeah. Uh, looking at this race, and I know we talked about it last. Was it earlier this week or last week? I don't. I mean, potentially you have three a three headed horsemen, right, for the Milwaukee Brewers for the starting pitchers. You have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and then Haters up there as well. I don't think Haters gonna be winning the Cy Young. No, he's in the top fifteen. Yeah. So, and I I don't I don't know if Freddie Peralta missing another or a start like this. I don't know if that's gonna behoove him as well moving forward. But I mean, anything is possible. Corbin Burns still yeah, you know crushing along. Woodruff though last night they're that. That obviously lost, and that fifth inning was bad. But moving forward, who do you think is more likely to be in contention at the end there? I know they both are, but uh, Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, Rowdy? I'm going to go with Corbin Burns just because he's set up in second And he's got two two historic marks this season. Yeah, he's got a lot of – remember when we talked about this probably like a month and a half ago? We were talking about how at the time – Woody was clearly becoming their better pitcher yeah, or their more consi- uh, consistent pitcher. And we were talking about comparing him to Corbin Burns. And we were saying, well, he hasn't got all the notoriety that Burns has because of, you know, the records that Corbin Burns has been chasing and or setting. Woody has just been at that time was just silently just pitching extremely well. The silent assassin. And then there was also Freddie Peralta, who was hardly getting any play for the most part, too, because it was all... Corbin Burns won. Mm-hmm. Then it was Woodruff because he was your ace and he was uh, quietly being really, really good. And then it was Freddie Peralta who was even more quiet because <laughs> <laughs> no one was talking about him. But I feel like at different points in the season, I guess you can probably say this is why all three of the pitchers have been so good. At different points so far in the season, I feel like we were talking about one of the three for being Cy Young. At the very start of the year, it was Corbin Burns, if you remember correctly, because of all the records. The second little, I guess, the second third of the season, I guess you'll say, was Brandon Woodruff because all of a sudden you looked up and you're like, holy crap, Woody's had like a ton of starts in a row where he hasn't given up hardly anything, and he's got one of the best ERAs now in the league. And then there was even a couple-week period where you looked up and we were talking about uh, Freddie Peralta. Brent Suter's got the most wins on the team, right? How Freddie Peralta had like, what was it, like 12 consecutive um, quality starts? And that was like the big thing, and he all of a sudden had jumped into the top five of the Cy Young. I think that just shows how good all three pitchers have been pretty much all year now that we're just shuffling different months where we talk about one specifically and now it's back to Corbin Burns. Yeah, yeah. well Corbin Burns what it was a, it was 58 strikeouts without a walk to start the season and then it was 10 straight strikeouts in a row uh in the game. Who was that against again? What did the they do the like Cubs. Cubs, yep. Yeah, the Cubs. Cubs. Ten, how could I forget that? It was the Cubs. Ten straight strikeouts against the Chicago Scrubs. Like 10, well, you remember when he set the, the the 58 strikeouts to no walks yeah. to start a season? And then he went, was it a little bit farther for the most? Because um, he, he also set the record at the time where it was the most strikeouts between any walk at any point of the season and then yeah garrett, one was the start the season the other was yeah. at any point in the he season. set both of those records and then garrett cole came along like a week later and broke the anytime during a season most strikeouts without a walk and it was like in the 61 or low 60s whatever it was but then if you remember how they 
put in that uh, sticky substance policy in late June. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's numbers have been much worse than where Corbin Burns has been since late June. P.U. Crazy how that works out. Yeah, crazy how that one works out. So Corbin Burns has got a lot of history on his side, and I think that's um, – now, even some sports writers here in Wisconsin that actually cover the team last year when Devin Williams, who needed a microscope – just to check in on his ERA. Even people that cover them every day still voted him second and third. He still won. So Corbin Burns, Rowdy, now I think you need some of these big, big history and newsworthy stories on your side, which Corbin Burns his has. His manager doesn't want him eligible for the award. He ended last year a third of an inning from That's, being able to qualify. That is true. I think another reason why I think Corbin Burns has to be favored here down the stretch, well, one, it has to do with his pitches because I don't know if you guys saw the tweet. It was an MLB network tweet uh, within the last week or so. And they were talking about all of Corbin Burns pitches and mm-hmm. the variations of them. So when, when you look at Brandon Woodruff, you know that Brandon Woodruff has the straight gas, right? Where he's just going to, it's a straight fastball. It's a four seamer. Then he comes in with that big curveball. Occasionally he'll throw a change up, but most of the time when Brandon Woodruff is working, he's working with the big fastball and then the big 12-6 curveball. Uh-huh. Well, when you look at Freddie Peralta, we know that Freddie Peralta throws the fastball. Obviously, that's how he got his nickname, Fastball Freddie. We know that he's incorporated a change up and a curveball, and then all of a sudden this last year plus, he has a slider. So he's coming at you with four pitches, but they're distinctively four different pitches. You have the fastball, which is is one that cuts a little bit, but it's straighter. You have the slider, which moves more horizontally. You have the curveball that breaks more uh, vertical. And then you have the changeup, which is more vertical. Well, then you have Corbin Burns, and he's got the four-seam fastball. He's got a cutter. And then off of the cutter, he's got one where it can almost act more like a sinker. Or, or a two-seamer, and then he's got the changeup, and then obviously a slider. Well, the, the cutter, the slider, the four-seamer, and you could almost consider it like a sinker. Those like four pitches right there, they all are coming out of the same arm slot, just moving slightly different variations, so it's a lot harder to pick up. Yeah. Because they're very similar pitches, but they're doing a lot, uh, a lot different movement to them. Yeah, so, sorry. Ram Jam was our guy in Scotland. Was saying I was, he was casually just googling what the twelve six curveball was. So that's what I was trying to trying to mime. It's like it the hours him. on a clock. Yeah, starting to mime it to him. The goal Google Ben Sheets curveball. Oh. YouTube it. And then and then uh, or Barry Zito. Those were some real yeah. twelve six curveballs. Ben Sheets or Bar- Barry Zito. Ben Sheets. If you go YouTube him, uh, Ram Jam and his curveball. Get ready to loosen your pants because you're going to be pitching some tent watching that or thing. Or even some young Zach Grinky. Oh, yeah, Grinky. <laughs> talking Royals, Zach Grinky. <laughs> <laughs> Real young. When Zach Grinky. Do you guys ever hear that story? Remember, I think we shared it like last year when there's no sports going on. Zach Grinky, when he got called up to like be a starting pitcher, he's like, actually, can I just be like a shortstop? Like, kid, you, you made it. Yeah. You're gonna be on the mound. You're starting. He's like, oh, yeah. Can I? Like, I, I like shortstop. Can I play shortstop? Actually. Hey, coach. No. You're. <laughs> I don't no. feel like pitching today. <laughs> but I want to play shortstop. No. I've All played right. shortstop before. Speaking of baseball, boys, I saw this. Uh, it's um, the MVP race, Cy Young leaders, and uh, they're saying the NL MVP race is wide open right now. Looking at it. 
Uh, you got Fernando Tatis Jr., Max Muncie, Brandon Crawford, Brian Reynolds, Willie Adamas coming up there, Trey Turner, Chris Taylor, Bryce Harper, and then possible pitchers to win it as well. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I don't think DeGrom qualified. Can DeGrom still win? He, he's not pitching. Yeah, he's done. And then they have Brandon Woodruff on there as well. I don't see any love for Corbin Burns. Uh, but Rowdy, this and RJ, this NL MVP, I made the bold proclamation that if Willie Adamas keep tearing it up, you could you know potentially see him start moving up. And then I'd say that <laughs> that was a little tongue-in-cheek, and I was feeling myself because the Brewers just got done obliterating the Chicago Cubs, that Willie Adamas would win MVP and that Cy Young would come to a Milwaukee Brewer pitcher as well. Actually, here's an update on Jacob DeGrom from Wednesday night. According to one of the Mets writers for Sports Illustrated, Mets are actually leaning towards shutting down Jacob DeGrom for the season. Probably Whoa. probably because they're falling. I know it was, oh, he's going to go on the IL for 10 days and he'll probably miss a couple starts and maybe three starts at the most and they'll get him back. And then if you remember correctly, he went and did like a bullpen or whatever or a simulated game and his elbow had a setback. And then they're like, all right, we're going to shut him down until September. Well, now with the Mets just completely tanking here. And you have the Braves and the Phillies are the teams that are emerging in that NL East. They're probably like, well, well, probably not worth it to rush this guy along. <laughs> yeah, so Rowdy, um, there you go. That's why I mean that bodes well for Brewers and awards, I guess. I was reading a little bit about you know, the NL MVP race. Do you guys have like are you thinking Fernando Tatis or I would say right now the favorite has to be Tatis. I mean, he's he's back playing right field now. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was well, think about that. Here's something that they're saying. <laughs> they're saying that, uh, and we've been talking about it too. Is a fascinating name moving up the charts is Willie Adamas. They're saying if you look at the numbers he put up in, in the AL for Tampa before moving to the Brewers and what he's done since, you would never guess that he's the same player. He has put up. Um, now this this is from a couple days ago. A 3.2 WAR for Milwaukee. He's climbed to fourth in wins probability, added because of the number of clutch hits he's compiled. And the Brewers have played so many close games. Could Adamas sneak away with a major award after an in-season trade that either it's never been done before, or it's been done once in 1984? So Willie Adamas, could you honestly see him making history, in-season trade, not the greatest for the Rays, and then coming to the Crew and just being the little uh, stick that stirs the drink? I mean, if you're looking at the current odds for National League MVP you'd say no, just because they're not giving him that great of odds. Mm -hmm. They have him currently tied for seventh place. Now, we know that the Brewers... Hasn't he been moving up and up and up and up? Well, it, well, he wasn't even on the list. Yeah. And I don't... Willie Adamas isn't the type of player where he was going to be anywhere close to the top mm -hmm. of the list at any time in his career, even though he's a solid shortstop. I yeah. mean... yeah. But, but uh, he's been not doing lately. MVP. But you look at it, I think Tatis has to be the favorite. Then Max Muncy and Bryce Harper having really good seasons. I think the dark horse for me is Freddie Freeman. He's been on a tear. Yeah, COVID survivor. He won MVP last year, right, Rowdy? Uh, didn't he just hit another cycle? Yeah, second one of his of his career. Was that like two or three days ago? Also, you know who else has been just on fire since July? Joey Votto, who's now creeped up into fifth uh, place. Didn't he hit another dinger last night? I think Votto went y well, yard again. Castellanos and uh, Winker have been banged up here since like July, and Joey Votto's been carrying that Reds offense. Yeah, yeah he's he putting the been. team on his back. Joey Votto is uh, – what's that one stat he had? I always ask you this. That oh, it was um, – 
for the longest time, time ever. <laughs> no, it was for the longest time ever. He had never recorded a out to the catcher, the pitcher, or not an out, a pop out to the catcher, pitcher, or first baseman. And it was like, like the was average like, player does that like once every so many at bats. Yeah. And he had not, never, never done, done that it. in his entire career until like a couple of years ago. Yeah, wasn't it like a decade or something like that? <laughs> that was pretty wild. It was yeah. insane. So, yeah, he's a beast. Uh, I, I don't know if, a, you know, Brewers are going to be able to get the – I mean, Willie Adamas is – I mean, is I think there going to be the case for MVP besides Willie Adamas? I think it's going to be a nice story, and it's going to be like, oh, Willie Adamas finished like seventh or eighth in MVP voting. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't – I don't honestly think he's going to win. No, I don't think he even has no. a shot. Yeah, he he keeps cr- climbing up the boards. It's the fun to think about. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain a man's got a dream. I mean, a if, man's if got you a man can dream. The Brewers having the best record, uh, one of the better records in baseball since he joined the team. Uh, the best. Yeah, yeah. And then also all their stats started going up shortly after that as well. I think I think you could make more of a case for Willie Adamas than Trey Turner, who Trey Turner has. Uh, better odds currently yeah. than Willie Adamas just because Trey Turner was on a bad national team. Yep. And yep, he was traded to the Dodgers in that Scherzer deal. But this, has he really made a huge difference for the Dodgers? I mean, the Dodgers team is loaded. We're talking sure, about sure. how the guy that's currently a top two favorite to win the NL Cy Young and Walker Bueller mm-hmm. is a guy that was third in their rotation starting the year behind Trevor Bauer and Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Like, it's a Dodgers team that has so many... Uh, wealth and riches on their team. It's like, well, well, Trey Turner has he really, really, <laughs> really, has really, he really elevated the really, Dodgers that much compared really to what Willie Adamas has done for the no. Brewers since late May? No, I, I, I don't think if you define it as most valuable player, I don't think you could no. put him above Willie Adamas. Yeah. Uh, Dave Essler coming up. Let's go to the phones quick though. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Case from Madison. Yeah, that's great, Charlie. Thanks, buddy. Dynamite dropping. All right, so. <laughs> And then you look at the Cy Young, and we talked about that a little earlier. But yeah, Zach Wheeler. Uh, what did I go, Rowdy? Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, Bueller, and then Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff. So uh, Freddie Peralta's top ten, and um, so Hater's is top fifteen. Hater, but Hater's not going to be winning it. So Brewers have some flair. Anyone? You could. There's who else on the Brewers? Could you make the case? I mean, oh, that's the thing. We're talking about guys that you had. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff that were on there at the beginning of the year to win Cy Young. But if I remember correctly, uh, Brandon Woodruff was like 25 or 20 to 1, somewhere in there. And Corbin Burns was like 40 to 1 to win it. And then you had Josh Hader who was on there at like 50 to 1 to win it. I don't even remember if Freddie Peralta had odds or what those odds yeah, were. Did, yeah. But then also at the beginning of the year for offensively for the Brewers, <laughs> we talk about... Willie Adamas coming over in late May. He wasn't on the Brewers beginning of the season. And a lot of people are like, this trade sucks. What are we doing this for? The only Ooh. guys that I remember being... We also remember Orlando Arcia was starting at shortstop going into the season. And yeah, then he got Arcia. You had Travis Shaw starting at third base. Bye. The only guys that I remember the having the, the decent... Uh, Odds of winning was Christian Yelich, yep. who's been outside of Jackie Bradley Jr., statistically one of their worst hitters. Not great. And the only it's other great, one Bob. that was on there, and it was way at the bottom of the list, was Avisel Garcia, who had a good season, had one of his better career seasons yep. this year, but it's not an MVP season. No, no. I love Fridays for many reasons. You know, going into the weekend, right? 
in Wisconsin here. Love, uh, I don't do it as much in the summertime, but fish fry and old fashions. And Dave Essler, our gambler to the stars, joins us. Dave, good morning, my friend. Well, good morning to you. Good morning to you. How are you? Dave, um, I'm doing so well. In fact, I just put you in the Holy Trinity. Uh, you know, it, oh, wow. weekend, fish fry and booze, and Dave Essler. It's a beautiful thing. It's a yeah, beautiful you thing. Know, before you rag on me too much, I, I want to commend Nelson. You know, it's not everybody that has the cojones to go ahead and put his picks out there every day knowing that somebody could well lose their house based on him and that's you know that that takes a special kind of stupid so i want to i want to hold him hold him up there hey hey and, uh, dave. Know, i mean it, it keeps him from harvesting tobacco so i heard oh hey dave i my grandparents had a nice little tobacco field i know all about harvesting tobacco as well let's just say you don't want to be the guy hanging the tobacco up in the rafters nelly learned okay. that the hard way about two years ago yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, Dave, real quick, t- Nelly, tell Dave what you've got in the past couple of weeks here. You've yeah, well, we were talking a little bit off air, but, yeah, the last four out of five weeks we've had winning weeks, and then last week we went 2-2 two and two and had a game canceled, and if we can find a winner today, we'll also finish 3-2. and two. Dave, someone called in last week and said, Nelly, you're literally putting one of my kids through college. Wow. Doesn't that give you a little bit of extra confidence going into the next day? A little bit. You're like, uh, you're like, okay. I wanna, you know, it's later at night. I know how you know I stay up late. Um, <laughs> and you're like, I can do this. I, I don't want to go to bed early. Let's get to it. Oh, it, it's you know, I got it. I must tell you that when I hear things like that, I definitely feel good. But you got to take the good with the bad because you know the next tweet or the next direct message or or the next whatever will be. Um, I, I need a bankruptcy lawyer. So, <laughs> well, Dave, we catch we catch amnesia pretty quick. I've never been wrong, and neither has Nelly. So I, I mean, was wrong once, though, Dave, but I forgot about when it was. Yeah, same. Well, ho- hopefully, it's not that Badger win total that you're going to bet in Iowa this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I agree you, with you. Are on you doing that, that Rowdy? Yeah. Good, yeah. So, Dave, we'll talk some college football coming up here. But first, my God, can you tell the Patriots, your team that you uh, you know love, can you tell the Patriots to save some points for the rest of us? 35 to nothing, week two preseason? My God, Dave. I'm sorry. You know, so is the evil empire back? I don't know about all that. Um, I, I'm just, I was watching that game, and I said the same thing last week. I'll be, I'll be more than disappointed if they don't start Mac Jones week one. Um, I think yeah, if I remember correctly, I mean, Dave, I, I like the sassy Dave Essler last week. I think you've you've cooled down a little bit uh, this week, which is great. I mean, I love you no matter how you are in, in what yeah, well, that's, that's, that's because I won last night. Last week I was pissed. Yeah, I know. We, I know. It was the, was it the... No, we had the same game. It was the night before. I gave out it was uh, San Francisco yeah, and Colorado, what... and they got to seven, and then they didn't score one run the last five innings. Oh, yeah, Rowdy was really pissed that day uh, last week too, Dave. Yeah, it was six to one, and six to one in the top in the end after two innings. So yeah, well, that was yeah. But so that, you know, just we'll, we'll just we'll just just hit me up early in the morning, and I'll tell you if I'm pissed or <laughs> look at my picture, no. look at my picture, you'll pretty much know what to expect. I mean, you know, I'm overconfident today because I had the Dodgers run line, um, and I think I had the I had the tiger, I had the, the 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 Rangers run line yesterday afternoon, and this was a team down seven to three in the ninth that ended up losing eight seven. Uh, in extras, so I kind of stole that one. So yeah, I'm, I'm fat and happy today. I mean, I'm ready for the Mifflin Street block party. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing your research, Dave. Okay, I like it, uh, Dave. So let me ask you, hey, man. Th- those were the same words that Patrick Kane, yeah, Kane uttered once too, but that didn't end up well. I for saw him. Patrick Kane passed out after Mifflin Street block party at a bar called the College Club. He was passed out on the bar. It was Kane just like 
out cold. It was it was interesting, Dave. Dave, since let's well, what do you honestly think would happen if I came up there and did that? You'd do what Patrick Kane did. You'd be passed out cold at a bar. I, 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 there's no doubt about it. You can't buy odds on that. <laughs> hey, Dave, since uh, let's sta- to quote Mike McCarthy, the highly successful NFL head coach, to have you a highly successful gambler, let's stack some success here. So you had a winner last night. That's why you're happy today. Give us another. I like to, I'm like. i going to assume it's going to be a winning bet. What is Dave Essler looking at here? Uh, your pick, baseball, college football, over under win totals, you name it. What is Dave Essler looking at? Can I do all of them? Please. Um, you know, all right, baseball tonight. Well, with some trepidation, I might, I might have to bet against your boy Nelly. Um, I, I kind of want to take the raise. I know the market disagrees, but uh, Walker hasn't been throwing real well. But this spot's all raised. The, the, uh, the White Sox traveled and lost yesterday, so you know the race time's just been outstanding. I like, I like Tampa Bay a little bit. Uh, if the Braves Orioles total comes to ten, which it looks like it's going to, I like that over. Um, you know, Max Fry just isn't that good. The Orioles are much better against lefties. Uh, and the fact that Fry doesn't have a pitcher to work around, which obviously gives the Rays a DH, I think we'll see runs. Um, in the NFL, as much as I hate laying points in the preseason, I think that Washington defense is that good. Uh, and guys like Brandon Allen and Kyle Schumer do not make my defensive coordinator shudder. So I think the WFT, uh, if they score 10, they probably cover. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round up your fan base a little bit. Yes, I was going to ask you about this. Let's go. I think the Jets beat the Packers. I mean, the Jets, the Jets want to win. They do have an elite defense. Uh, and add that to an almost six-point move in the total. I think that line opened Packers minus 3.5, and, and now it's Jets minus 2.5, uh, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, the, the market isn't usually that wrong in the preseason. That's why most of these sports books actually limit how much – they'll take on a particular bet in the preseason because preseason is actually easier than the regular season. So and as much as I hate to say it, I think the Jets are going to win tomorrow. Here's the thing, Dave. Preseason, don't really care. The Jets can have that all they want. The Jets can be preseason champions. They can be kings of the preseason. That's fine with me. You know, well, the, Jets can have, the Jets can have it all they want because I have like actual money on it. I have people that will file bankruptcy if the Packers win. Dave, no one man should have that much power, but here you are, just with no, the but iron fist. But don't say that. You know, you know the image you can create on social media. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And then then they show me a screenshot of a ticket for twenty bucks. <laughs> hey, Dave, listen, Aaron Rodgers not going to play. Jordan Love's got a shoulder shoulder injury. He's looking like he's not going to play. It's going to be Kirk Benkert and then Jake Dolgala. Okay. That's and one reason why, that's more, where, where that's reason why guys, the Jets are going to win. Yeah, and where will those guys be when we cut down to 53? They'll be uh, maybe vacationing in Florida. With yeah, you. the Gala may be back with the um, Patriots on their uh, practice squad <laughs> if they cut Cam Newton. And, ben uh, Kirk and Green Bay in the practice squad. Ben Kirk maybe his first start since 2018. <laughs> yeah, is he one of those guys that was back in groceries last week? Um, in fairness, I think he was taking snaps, but... Uh, yeah, maybe it could have been loaves of bread at the end. Uh, you know, he'll be out there with you harvesting tobacco. Yeah, that, that could be. Rowdy, are you doing yeah. that? Are That's you... somewhere he doesn't want to be. Hey, Dave, here's what we got to do. We got to get you up not only for, like, Wisconsin, Penn State coming up here on September 4th, or we got to get you in for a uh, tobacco harvesting season. We got to – I mean, I know you're a man's man, but we got to make a Wisconsin man out of you, Dave. Um. Can I? I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, at least, hey, honesty is the best thing. I, around you know, here. I tell you what, if I if I can be, I, mean, I, I have this vision. See, we don't have we don't have tobacco in Florida unless it's already like rolled into a cigarette or sure. or whatever else is rolled into. But 
Um, you know, I have this vision of like a, a prison chain gang or something out there in the field. And, you know, if, if, no, if, if, Dave. If I, can be, if I can be the guy on the horse with a shotgun, I'll do it. Well, Rowdy, what's the? Well, I don't think we have. Well, I don't know who Rowdy helps out with. Maybe they have that position. What's the easiest job for Dave to do for harvesting? Besides supervisor, uh, if you can drive a tractor, Dave, we can put Dave. You can drive a tractor, no problem. I believe in you. Um, I can learn. Rowdy, I, I drive a lawn. I, I drive a lawn tractor. It can't be that hard. No, uh, I'll cut. Rowdy will hang, and you will drive the tractor. Okay. Done. You got it. And you can just just to make you feel good, we'll have you have a gun too. Um, he said he wanted a shotgun. So, so you're you're saying I might need one? Well, that's not gonna be loaded. You said he wanted a shotgun, well, right? Well, fair enough. He said he wanted a shotty. Dave, you can have yeah, one. I guess, I, guess, I, guess, I guess here we go with the image thing. Image is everything, isn't it? I have. Um, I call mine the no-brainer banger. My shotty. I'll bring it. I just won't load it. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Dave. I, I'm in. Just tell me where, where and when. All right, Edgerton, Wisconsin. Coming up, baby. Hey, Dave. You got it, buddy. <laughs> hey, before I let you go, Dave. There's no direct flights there. Yo, no, yo. We'll pick you up from um, Milwaukee or Madison. <laughs> hey, Dave. Hey, uh, Allegiant flies to a lot of kind of weird places. I bet I can get close. All right, let's parachute off somewhere. All right, Dave, before I let you go, golf game. What are we doing today? You hit them long, hit them straight? And is the missus um, happy with you? Um, yeah, she is, because I actually got up early and went and did the honeydew already this morning, so I'm probably good till Monday. Okay. <laughs> hey, Dave, have a great weekend, man, and uh, uh, get ready for those tobacco harvesting skills, okay? I uh, love you guys. Looking forward to it. I love you more. See you, buddy. <laughs> we'll give you a gun, too. He's like, what? The man said he wanted, a, he wanted one. I will oblige him. It'll make us work harder, Rowdy. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Coming up here, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, is going to be joining us. Zach has been spending some time, uh, if he's not at Badger football practice, he's up in Green Bay watching it all unfold. That's where he was yesterday. Uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach, was on the podium, Rowdy. And Matt LaFleur basically was saying that, you know what? I don't think Jordan Love is going to be playing on Saturday. He's got that bum shoulder. Uh, LaFleur says uh, he is likely out. This is disheartening to me because we were talking about this in six o'clock hour. Talk about it right now before we get Zach on. Uh, you know, there's not too much excitement about the Packers roster right now, right? There's not too many positions that are up in the air. Uh, there's a couple, and maybe you want to see what some rookies do for preseason, like you know Eric Stokes, Amari Rogers, et cetera, et cetera. But Rowdy, when it comes to what everyone was excited to see, it's Jordan Love. It's Jordan Love. We didn't get to see him last year. There's no preseason. He sat in a tracksuit for the rest of the year. Tim Boyle was the backup quarterback. And then Jordan Love were like, all right, you got, you're got robbed of a preseason. You're robbed of all this because of COVID stuff. So now let's get it going underway. Well, he hurts his shoulder, and now we're not going to see him again. Yeah, and real and real quick, some of the, I guess, uh, positions to look at moving forward was third string running back. Yeah. It might have been the last guy to make the defensive line. It's like the last guy in that secondary at corner. Outside of that, maybe you could look at receiver because now the signing of a Randall Cobb might throw a wrench into things. Yeah. 
But for the most part, it's pretty set. And I think you have to kind of look at Brian Gutekunst and tip your cat to Brian Gutekunst on that because that shows that you have a deep team. Hang on. Don't tell Rodgers that. He's going to get mad. He's, right? listen, he's listening. Am I right, though? Yes. It shows that you have a deep team where you're like, okay, I'm set with these guys. There isn't a whole lot of spots to to be earned here going into training camp. <laughs> uh, the meme, Rowdy, I kid you not, more evidence everyone listens. The memes are now starting to pour out uh, of the new android that Elon Musk has made. The memes are starting to pour out as the robots are about to take over. Pretty soon we'll have robots playing football. Uh, but, Rowdy, yeah, so the roster's kind of sad. There's a couple positions here. I guess the new center, right? Yeah, I bet, I bet there's about... Out of the entire roster, I bet there's maybe five or six spots that are being fought for. The rest of the roster is pretty set. And what we wanted to see most is like is is Jordan Love. Jordan Love with the bum shoulder now, not gonna happen. I have comments coming from LaFleur. Who we're gonna see instead? Kurt Benkert <laughs> and Jake Del Dolgala. Dolgala. I can't say his name right. Jake Dolgala. Speaking of Brian Gutekunst. He's not good. That way I don't learn that's I don't I wouldn't learn your name until you're good. How do you think Brian Gutekunst is feeling for the fact that the guy that he traded up to get that is probably the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, the guy that they basically put their GM job on the line with and yeah. Jordan Love moving forward, doesn't get a real legit mini camp or training camp last year, doesn't get a preseason, doesn't even suit up for a game his rookie year. Nope. Then going into his second year, the NFL shortens the preseason down from four to three games. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the majority of his receivers there for mini camp because nope. they all in early training camp because they all held out or were doing Only whatever they one wanted. one of them showed up. And now he play. They wanted him to play at least three quarters of the first preseason game, but he gets a shoulder injury, makes it about half of yeah, the game. Yeah, half the game. And now is not going to be playing in the second preseason, most likely. And now you only have another preseason game to evaluate him before you would have to imagine that Aaron Rodgers comes back, is the starter, and Jordan Love will be his backup. And but, Love wasn't even practicing against the Jets for the joint practices either. Yeah, and you don't even expect Jordan Love to really get much run during the season because uh, Aaron Rodgers. Brian Gutekunst has to be just sitting in his office going, what can I do to get this guy on the field? I think Brian Gutekunst installed like soundproofing barriers in his, his office. He closed the door and he screams as loud as he can. Not only about Rogers, big D in him on the podium, but now about Jordan Love not being able to get her going. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? That's what you, happens when you play with the big boys, man. Yeah, Got to be able to take the heat. Mitch and Madison in the house. What's up, baby? Dude, we need uh, Conspiracy Theory Mike to call in and uh, give us his take about the uh, robot situation because, like, what are we doing? Well, I mean, Mitch, we, we're a, we have like a doomsday prophecy that we're fulfilling. We just we just want to see – some men just want to watch the world burn, Mitch. And here's the thing. They're all in charge of uh, giant corporations or the government. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. And they just want to fleece their pockets and not care who they step in along the way. Pretty soon we'll be uh, just getting stepped on by androids. True. Elon true. Musk will laugh all the way to the bank. Yes, sir. And we'll be, we'll be uh, they're, they're fodder. They're cannon fodder. Can I, hey, can I, I test drive your car, sir? <laughs> Pizza, man. Have some more. Can I test drive your car, please? I, I promise yeah. I'll be good to the robots. Yeah. No, but you're right. With the whole robot thing, it, it goes back to uh, the whole analytics thing. Like, uh, I, I never, I, I'm never gonna drive. Like I've been, I got a buddy who has a Tesla and he does the, 
self-driving part and all this. I'm like, man, I'm never doing that because, yeah, it's all automated, but guess who does all the automations? Humans, Mitch. So it, there's also also this it, recent technology. I'll say from like the early 2000s on. Recent technology. How often does it fail you? Like a hundred percent of the time. You got to go back to like technology way back in the day where that stuff is still built like a brick crap house. Like the thing never they never break or never never even goes wrong. The more crap right. you have in something, the more that's going to go wrong. Yeah, you tell them. Sorry, I'm getting get off my lawn. Sorry, Mitch. <laughs> Off my lawn. Shout out to Clouds, alright. Get your robot off my lawn. Bucks and six, Brewers and six. Let's go, Verb. I'm out. And Kirk Benkert. Kirk Benkert. Oh yeah. Dude, I man, all I all I know is uh Jordan Love better pan out or else our boy Rob Reichel is not gonna have anything to go on and on about on the calls here because he just loves that guy and <laughs> and I, you know if that falls through what's what's his next what's his next pivot going to be that's all i got unemployment line yeah well no he'll have something to go on about but you know you i, I get it he's shooting he's shooting a shot with jordan love but i don't know if that's going to work out i hope it does because if it doesn't the packers are going to suck oh, for i know the time. next move mitch i know the next move an android quarterback Nice. I'm for it. Why not? I, mean, I don't give a crap what it is. Well, if, they can, if it can throw touchdowns. Well, did you um, see the Olympics? Whatever. Well, there's there's already been a, a Android. The Robo player. QB? Yeah, Robo QB. Todd Marinovich. That backfired. There's more technology failing. What about that robot that was shooting half court yeah. shots at the. The Olympics. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, so. Was it. Uh, yeah, they brought that ro- robot out and it lined up a basketball perfectly. It was just draining half-court shots unconscious. Well, it doesn't have a conscience. Just draining half-court shots. It doesn't have a conscience. All it knows is how oh, to murder man. pain. Yep. Mitch, have a good weekend, brother. Yeah, you too, bye. <laughs> yeah, the robots, man. Yeah, we're doomed. Uh, here's Matt LaFleur. Are the Packers doomed Saturday? It's preseason, doesn't matter. Uh, are the Packers doomed on Saturday? What's what? What's up with Jordan Love? Or, uh, is he going to play or not? I don't want to rule him out yet, but uh, I would say it's probably unlikely. Unbelievable. Here's more from uh, LaFleur on Love. I think most of our guys are like that. They want to go out there and compete, and certainly a guy that hasn't played a whole lot of football in games over the last two years. So, you know, we're, we're going to be smart with it and do right by him. And But like any competitor, naturally, you want to be out there and get that experience. <laughs> Jordan Love's experience, Rowdy, is what? Half of a preseason game against the Houston Texans? Yeah, that's, and that's a, a lesser number of practice practices for a standard NFL mini camp, training camp, preseason, season, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, we'll have comments from Kirk Benkert coming up. Um, let's go to the phones quick. Uh, well, line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Have a great weekend. You too, buddy. See ya. All right. Good stuff there from Charlie. Dynamite dropping kid. All right, Rowdy. So Kirk Benkirk. I like the guy. Well, he seems cool. He can skateboard good. I, I saw a video of him before the preseason started of him like doing like Rodney Mullen tricks. Shout out to Rodney Mullen um, skateboarding. That was cool, I guess. But when it comes to quarterbacking, uh, I don't know. Uh, line one, who's this? Hey, boy, I forgot oh. to change him, man. Oh, that's a bummer. All right, so when it comes to Kirk Benkirk, here's how he's going to prepare for the Jets. Prepare like I'm the starter, ready to go. Um, like even last week, I didn't know I was going to play immediately in the second half was told probably fourth quarter, and then Jordan uh, had his little thing. So 
uh, just was ready to go. Um, just trying to build off of it this week, take care of the football a little bit better, keep being decisive, keep throwing it, um, and not hesitating. All right, more from Kurt, Ben Kurt. He said he doesn't mind finding out how he'll play because this is the NFL. No matter what, if you're the two, you never know when you're going to play in a regular season game. Just got to always have your helmet near you, holding the football most likely, just making sure you're ready to go on the sideline. Um, even if like the main guy's helmet just pops off, you just always have to be ready. So it's kind of how I approach everything. Listen, I'm glad for Kirk Benkert. I'm glad that he gets an opportunity to, you know, I guess showcase himself. I think him, his significant other, and maybe his immediate family are excited for him. Other than that, Rowdy, are you excited for him? Not really. I mean, I saw a nice pass that he made in in the joint practice against the Jets, but again, you have to imagine that it's against the third and fourth stringers, the guys that are trying to make the team. <laughs> it's all guys that are very comparable to him. So I, I mean, I guess you're happy to see that he made a play in, in a joint practice. But hey, good for him. Are you really expecting anything from a guy that hasn't started a football game since 2018, and a guy that's basically been on practice squads or unemployed since then? <laughs> Not really. Uh, more from. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a brave face for Kurt and say congratulations, Kurt Ben Kirk. Uh, here's more from him and what he's learned from extra snaps this week with Jordan Love out. Yeah, I think there's just like little nuances of the offense that don't show up until you go through it and mess something up. And there's like, hey, we really want you to do this um, a little bit different. I think up until like I got more reps during the game than I have probably altogether since I've been here. So that was sweet to kind of get that rolling. Um, but knowing that I'm gonna get those two reps this week in practice has been great. Kind of. Uh, just to iron out some kinks before the game, um, help me settle in a little more, kind of sit in the pocket a little more, work on some things I wanted to work on. Brian Gutekunst just has to be screaming in his office, Rowdy, just yelling at the top of his lungs. Why, God, why? Why is Aaron Rodgers, not only is Aaron Rodgers taking you know pot shots at me, so are journalists, big J's, and now Jordan Love's hurt. He's missing more time, and now I have to trot out Kurt Benkert. Uh, let's go to the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's this is the this is tough on Goody, man. Who's done nothing but good for the the roster, right? Like, what has Brian Goodkins done? That's why. That's why I was honestly surprised to see that they hadn't re-signed somebody like a Blake Bortles, a guy that was in minicamp earlier, a guy that had connections with well Hackett and Sean McVay, who obviously has connections with Matt Lafleur, so he was familiar with the offense and the coaching staff. But instead, what they brought in Discala or whatever, Dolgala, Dolgala, the guy that <laughs> he's literally think, on yeah, the Dol practice Gala. squad for a second for the Bengals, and then for the rest of the season with the Patriots, and hasn't done anything. Bill uh, cracked me up. He called in around eight fifteen. Bill, our guy Billy, called in, and he had said, "Doesn't matter if Kirk Benkert's playing. Doesn't matter if Jordan Love's playing. Doesn't matter if Jake Del- Dolgala is playing. Because at the end of the day, once Aaron Rodgers leaves, the Packers are doomed." I laughed. I think you laughed. Is it truly that, that the Packers are doomed once Aaron Rodgers leaves? I mean, hey, the Packers have a track record from going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Famer, to another Hall of Famer. I mean, the trend for the Green Bay Packers is Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Trends are our friends, right, Rowdy? So maybe Jordan Love, therefore, is going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm trying to talk myself. Yeah, also small sample size there. (laughs) Very small sample size. Two guys. I will say it's tough, though, with Jordan Love not playing. I don't think think it's... I think it's way too early to say you're screwed. Uh, are when Jordan Love takes over for Aaron Rodgers, if that is what comes to be in the next year or so, are you going to have a drop off? 
Yes. Yeah. Did you have a drop off from 2007 Brett Favre to 2008 Aaron Rodgers? Just a little one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers started coming around after what? In his second year starting. Yep. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers had three years to sit behind Brett Favre. And you remember they used to play four preseason games then? I do remember that. Aaron Rodgers actually never missed a mini or training camp or any practice whatsoever, voluntary or involuntary, until this year. Yep. So he's had a lot of time before 2009 when he really started to come around to uh, – Get NFL practice and preseason and even some game reps. Jordan Love is out there, I guess for lack of a better term, pretty much naked in the NFL game, just thrown out to the wolves right now. He naked. But uh, naked. to say you're completely screwed, I think that's a little far. But to say that there's definitely going to be a drop-off if uh, Jordan Love's a quarterback next year, I think, yeah, 100%. Well, he hasn't really got you know, he's got to do anything. Keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers' first ever Two, not one, two preseason games. He was like four of 13 for 14 yards. He stunk. And now look at him. I mean, he's reigning MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. Wish we would have more Super Bowls, but he's got the one. So there you go. I don't know. It's it's obviously it's you don't think lightning's going to strike three times, but no one thought lightning would strike twice from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. No, I'm saying Jordan loves to be some Hall of Famer, but yeah. You never know. I'm just trying to talk myself into it. It's hard because all you see of Jordan Love is a tracksuit from last year. And now you have a half of football that was I'm trying the to first think of like the best the terrible Texans. I'm trying to think of like the best franchise that have went from like quarterback to quarterback to quarterback that have all been really, really, really good. Well, not the Bears. We'll throw them out. I've, not the Browns. The we'll best one out. in my head that I can think of, like going back, would be the Niners. Going from Montana. Yeah, no. To Young. Steve Young, and then I think right after Steve Young was Jeff Garcia. Oh, Jeff Garcia, smoking hot wife, too. He's very underrated, in my opinion. Rowdy, big Jeff Garcia guy. Yeah, that's a nice little three-quarterback span. It, now, it, granted, it's not like Jeff Garcia else? was there for a decade. No. But, he, I mean, he had like what was it, probably four to six years with the San Francisco 49ers where he played pretty well. Yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to think. I well, like because it's hard. Because it's hard here's to the do. thing. This this is not boding well for being believing in Jordan Love because we can't think of uh, a three span of quarterbacks here. It's tough. Uh, let's see here. Papa Pick on Twitch says quarterback play is at an all time high. It's not as hard to find a decent quarterback as it was in the '90s to 2000s. Man, well, if Jordan Love was top 15, and he was top 15 for the rest of his career, and he played for the Packers for. I don't know, at this point, say another decade, I think you'd take it as a Packer fan because you need a top 15 quarterback. You oh, no. you need at least a serviceable quarterback, and that would make him serviceable. But it's going to be such a tall task to ask for another well, top t- five quarterback in the league year in, year out for 15-plus years. And the task, unfortunately, for Jordan Love keeps getting taller, though, right? I mean, by no fault of his own, last year you have no preseason – you're already set back a year, and then this year you have one less preseason game. Now you're injured, so you're not. Now you have two less preseason games because you're not going to be playing on Saturday. Rowdy, in the modern day NFL, in the NFL now, if you are a rookie quarterback and they, well, I know Jordan Love's not a rookie, but you could say make the case this is his rookie year because last year was such BS. That if you if you aren't turning heads right away, you're going to be looked over, shipped out. Someone else is going to replace you. 
Because isn't the modern day NFL now? You find a young quarterback out of college, and all of a sudden he's starting by not not right away, like week four, week yeah, five. Yeah, and I don't think I'm really going out on much of a limb saying that if Jordan Love isn't the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, that heir apparent isn't on the roster. I I don't think that's much <laughs> a limb at all. Yeah, I think you're fine. That's right kind there. of some sarcasm. Oh, for sure, Jordan Love. And therefore, it would make you even more freaked out exactly why Bill's saying we're screwed because if Jordan Love can't do it, Ben Kirk's not going to be the guy. Uh, whatever the other guy's name is, Jake he's not going to be the guy. Dolgala. And now you only have Aaron Rodgers for technically one more season after this year. It's... <sighs> I don't know. Zach Heilpern, our sports director. Zach, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right, Zach. Yeah. I'm, right, pitching a, a I'm pitching let's a tent over, over here. Pitching a tent mm. over here with it, just knowing that you're going to just, you know, serenade <laughs> us with all kinds of great coverage. Zach, if you're not at Badgers practice this week, you're at Packers practice. Let's start with the green and gold. You're up at, what, Don Hudson Center yesterday? Ray Nitschke Field? Ray Nitschke Field, yeah. And, uh... I, Jordan Love wasn't playing, right? Practicing. Jordan Love did not practice yesterday. Nope. So it was Kirk, Ben Kurt taking all the reps, yes? And uh, Jake Del, well, Dolgala? I did not see a single rep from Jake Dolgala uh, during the during the team portions, uh, right. at least with the Jets, you know, between the Packers and Jets. Aaron Rodgers took all the first team reps, and, and Kurt Ben Kurt finished all the, took care of everything else. So it was kind of what Jordan Love had been doing throughout camp. Like, Kurt Ben Kurt wasn't getting any reps during team drills either. So I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers looked... Great, per usual, yes. Yes, yeah. No, there's like you know that those little routes that Devontae Adams just gets like a half a step on a guy up the sideline, and, and Rogers just drops it in the bucket. Like yeah. it, it, it happened. We see it all the time, right? But it's still just so amazing. So uh, that it just they do it just so easily, and they did it yesterday. And uh, obviously, big big cheers. But I mean, I just I don't know how two guys can be that good at their job you know obviously we we get to see nelson work every day which is just at a different level but you know nelly this yeah oh yeah, yeah that's high level but I, right right like well, the thing that things that he does on the air you know it's just like rogers adam-esque nelly you better say this air check i mean this is did you hear that just a guy that shows up every day, Heilprin. He brings his. <laughs> you put the work in, man. You put the work in, and it shows. Bring his lunch. Hard, and he's yeah, bring my hard hat, my lunch pail yeah. every day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, okay, so Zach, before we talk about some like position, we're trying to figure out like what to get excited for for preseason, uh, the we uh, no, game number two tomorrow against the Jets. So, uh, Kurt Ben Kurt, uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> like does it matter? Does this matter? Does this matter? No. No, I, I I don't see them keeping more than two quarterbacks. Right? It's going to be especially. I mean, I think Jordan Love will be back next week, so I, I don't think they're going to keep more than two. Uh, the way that they were breaking down the reps before the before Jordan Love's injury certainly suggests that they really don't really see Kurt Benkert. Like he, if Love hadn't gotten hurt, Kurt Benkert's not playing until the fourth quarter, like probably late in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, no, I I don't think it matters a huge much, a huge bunch, you know, for the Packers. Like I don't think they're keeping them, but it. Could be good for Kurt Benkert trying to find another another job somewhere, but yeah, I, I, I don't think his performance matters. Um, but there's there's obviously a ton of other battles that are going on that probably aren't as okay sexy good. as aren't as sexy as a quarterback. You know, we all wanted to see Jordan Love. That's what this yes. preseason was supposed to be about, and now we don't get to see him, and it kind of 
leave some holes in terms of what you want to, what you actually want to concentrate on. Hey, Zach, let's talk some sex appeal then from people that maybe aren't as sexy as some perceive, but they need loving too. Okay, yeah. we're we're trying to we're trying to get hyped up over what to watch because Kirk Benkirk ain't really tripping my trigger. But when it yeah. comes to position battles, what's something that we should be watching? And you were watching unfold uh, yesterday, then into the preseason game number two tomorrow against the Jets. Well, who doesn't enjoy a good battle for the number one guard spots? Hey, they need loving too, the big boys. Come on. <laughs> so they were horrible last week, weren't they? Like that, the uh, <laughs> yes, the offensive line just was not good, uh, especially that that first group. And so it kind of has opened up uh, opportunities for, for some younger guys. One of them being Royce Newman, uh, the draft pick out of Ole Miss, the guy that uh, everyone wanted to talk about his mullet uh, on draft day. But he uh, he played well with the second group, and, and now. Uh, you know, yesterday he was with the first team unit the entire time at right guard. Lucas Patrick was at was at left guard. I think you could throw John Runyon in there too. Those those three, and then uh, even Ben Braden, um, you know, fighting for those guard spots. But the fact that they are letting Royce Newman have a long, long look at guard, I would not be shocked if he's just the latest rookie to to jump in and, and start a bunch of games, kind of like uh, we saw from Elton Jenkins two years ago. Um, but Saturday is going to be significant for him and for Lucas Patrick and for the rest of those guys fighting for spots, uh, you know, the starting spots along the offensive line. We think, we think we know the, um, the, the right tackle and the left tackle and the center, at least for game one, but the other, yeah, the guard spot's still very much open uh, right now. And, and, and really you're, you're fighting for one spot because uh, when, when David Bakhtiari comes back, Elton Jenkins is going to go back to, to guard and, and then you're going to have one spot. So yeah, it's, that's probably the, the battle I guess you're watching, then maybe down a little bit further down is the, the the wide receiver battle. But then again, the other guy that you wanted to see, and we saw him last week, was Devin Funches, and now he's out. So What's wrong with him? Yeah, He has a hamstring injury. got hurt, oh, I believe. Oh, God. On, I, thought, I thought he had, like, Wednesday. cramps or something I saw, but no, his ham, has no. a hammy? Yeah, he was, he was out there throwing the ball into the crowd yesterday, um, but uh, wasn't doing anything on the field. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, the things that you wanted to see are just not going to be there probably on uh, tomorrow. Well, Zach, I saw you know people talking about uh, Devontae Adams said yesterday that the receiver room is the most competitive it has been since he came here. Uh, have you seen like guys really just like making big steps? You know, this year compared to last year, like the the the, the main big dogs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's largely because he got Randall Cobb back. Like that's kind of probably probably what he's thinking. Um, <laughs> but like, is it is it is it better? Uh, is it better than it was in 2014 when he showed up when there was Jordy Nelson and James Jones and um, or was James James Jones had left at the point I think he came back in 15 Greg, when Greg, Jordy got yeah. when, when Jordy Nelson got hurt but anyway yeah I mean like it, I don't know about the top of the roster being the top of the room being better than it was but the thing is you have five spots that are already guaranteed right like Adams MVS Alan Lazard Cobb and Amari Rogers those are your five are they going to keep six and if they keep six who's that six is it Funches? Or just can't play special. It doesn't play special teams. How do you how do you keep a guy at the number six receiver not being able to play special teams, or is it Equinemius St. Brown? Is it one of these other guys down the roster? Right, exactly. Like you don't want to see that again. No. Um, so, <laughs> do you, can you keep six, um, or do they end up keeping like four tight ends, uh, or even more than that? You know, because they are versatile, especially like a guy like Josiah Agor can line up in the backfield, can line up outside, can line up in line. Like they. They have a. I think they have a lot. Of their work cut off from trying to figure out exactly how many guys they want to keep at certain positions. And wide receiver, as good as Devontae Adams says the room is, um, you know that. I don't know if there's going to be a guy that's worthwhile keeping at six 
um, if that's going to be able to play multiple, uh, you know, be able to play on special teams and on offense. Interesting, interesting. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. And uh, before I ask you a couple Badger questions and let you go on your merry way, Zach, Randall Cobb getting a little fight, a little dust up yesterday at practice. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me more. <laughs> they were doing red zone drill, and it had been a little chippy, like in the interior play. We haven't really yeah against the really Jets, right? Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they were doing a red zone drill, and you know, Kylan Hill got the ball. It was it wasn't even red zone; it was goal line. Uh, there were I think there were two yards out. Kylan Hill got the ball, and he may have gotten in. I don't know, but all of a sudden, I looked to my left, and you could see Randall Cobb and one of the Jets' quarterbacks, uh, Eccles, Brandon Eccles, like wrestling, and all of a sudden, one <laughs> threw the other one down to the ground. They both went down. Hell yeah. And then everybody, and then everybody jumped in, and, and Devontae Adams came flying in and grabbing Eccles and tossing him to the ground. It was, um, Who won? Yeah, it was, Who won the fight, in your opinion? Um, gosh, it, was, it wasn't much of a fight because there wasn't, there wasn't punches. There weren't, there weren't a whole lot of that. An Antonio I, Brown you know like Falcon uh, you punch. Know, I'll, I'll, you know, no, dude, that was a that was remarkable. The pictures from that. Oh, Antonio Brown um, connected on a haymaker. Yes, what? yes, he did. Uh, the, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would say nobody won. I don't think there was a winner there, but you know, even Aaron Rodgers like got in there, and uh, really? like, I'm like, dude, just get get out. Why why are you doing that? Um, I think he was trying to calm it down, and the coaches called it. Like even Matt Lafleur jumped in, like they. They're trying to make sure it did get to the point where, you know, I think the Raiders got out of the bus yesterday, like with a period left when they were, I don't know who they're um, scrimmaging against. I don't know who they're practicing. Was it the Titans? Or was it uh, uh, No, the Titans were going against Antonio Brown Bucks. and the Bucks. The Raiders yeah. were with the Rams. The Rams? Yeah. Yeah. So that that got ended quickly. And then you obviously had the other thing. This did not get to that extent. But, yeah, Devontae Adams like, I'm not going to let some guy do that to my guy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there and try and uh, yeah. do what I need to do. And the funny thing is, Brent, I don't even know. It's not funny, but it's uh, it's a coincidence, maybe. Uh, Brandon Eccles actually is from, went to Kentucky, and yeah. obviously Cobb. Randall Cobb went to Kentucky. It's the pride of Kentucky. Who's got the right to be king? That's what it was, right. Zach. I wonder if they even knew each other. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm curious too, uh, Zach. I'm running out a little of time, uh, real quick. So you uh, before you were up yesterday in Green Bay, you're at uh, Badgers practice. Before that. I heard that Graham Mertz had a lot better of a practice than uh, leading up to uh, that practice on Thursday. Ex- or, yes, uh, Wednesday. Exhale. Everyone can exhale. What a beautiful, beautiful day from Graham Mertz. Just some absolute dimes. Easily his best practice. Usually the offense's best practice. They they put it on the defense a couple of times. A lot of plays down the field. But, yeah, Graham, uh, Graham was on fire, man. That's good. And Chase Wolf uh, was left cowering in the corner then because Chase Wolf was right there with him leading up to that, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. To, according to some, Chase Wolf, uh, <laughs> Chase Wolf does did I should say uh, come back in practice because remember he missed practice the last oh, time yep, he, with yep, the arm. Yep, but yep. yeah, he threw he threw a couple touchdowns too. It was a really good day for the offense. We'll see what they got this morning. They're back on the field this morning, and then tomorrow, last open practice, everybody can come down there. Badgers, what's it? Badgers back to back. Yeah, Badgers back to back. Football then volleyball. Mm, mm. Good times. Woo wee. Zach, you are the man. You get me so excited. You know that uh, to quote to quote Brett Bielema, one of your favorite coaches, borderline erotic when you're on these airwaves. Just gonna wrap my hands around that, wrap my arms around it. <laughs> I could say something, but I won't. See you, Zach. We love you. Yeah. yeah.